Welcome, friends, to the Friends That Carry On podcast, where we dive deeper in our trips, unpack tips, and everything in between. The one who holds the torch key is your host. Get ready for your ears to go on a trip with your favorite group of friends. Welcome to Friends That Carry On. We are the podcast of a group of friends who get together and try to travel the world. We hope to inspire others with our stories and, and anecdotes of places we've been and, and things we've seen. Today, well, you can, and first of all, you can find us at www.friendsacarryon. Please, when the little button pops up, hit subscribe and put in your email and you will get access to our weekly podcast. It'll be sent to you directly. Any new blogs that come up and bonus podcasts segments that that we put out there so lots of good information uh new itineraries and that type of stuff so it's well worth uh the subscription anyhow today in the house we have a full house we are going to be talking about day trips out through the countryside of ireland and in the house we've got i'm jim scott and your moderator today i got tony here walt jim jim wassell eric Fargo, brian romine and from california we have Jim Reed. All right. Welcome, fellas. So, the Emerald Isle, Ireland. Everybody loves Ireland. We've uh, Several of us have been there to Dublin for St. Paddy's Day. Everybody kind of knows the, the craziness that goes on there. But I think the countryside and, and the people of, of, of the, the, the island is what it's probably the most famous for. And what we'd like to do today is talk about other places around the island, day trips outside the cities of Dublin or Belfast. Of course, Belfast is Northern Ireland, but it's all the same island. So anyhow, we're going to get started today, and we're going to head on a little trip that uh, Jim Reed, myself, Terry Hall, who's not on the call, my wife, and a few others did the day after St. Patty's Day a couple years ago. And we caught a little bus tour that I'm pretty sure Jim and Terry arranged for us or found for us. And we went to a couple places. Basically, before I get into the places we went, it was an all-day event. Would you say eight to ten hours, Jim? Oh, absolutely. Um, at least that. And we went, but we went to a couple amazing uh, spots. We actually stopped about four times, but there was two main things we saw. And then we stopped in town of Cork, and we stopped at some little out-of-the-place ruins that were just alongside the road and the guy pulled over the bus driver pulled over and we took a look at it so anyhow heading out to dublin we went the first main place was the rock of cashel now the rock of cashel for anybody that doesn't know is or cashel rock i guess there's different ways to say this is been around for hundreds and hundreds of years it was known as cashel the kings or saint patrick's rock located at cashel which is county tipperary and according to the local legends, the Rock of Cashel originated, there's a mountain out there called Devil's Bit. It's about 20 miles north of Cashel, but you can see it clearly from, from the castle or the, there's monasteries, there's churches there, there's, there's several buildings there. So it's not just one building there. Anyhow, it is said that St. Patrick banished Satan from a cave and then it resulted in the, the, I guess, the mountain blowing up a little bit and this big rock blowing out 20 miles from the, the cave and landing there in Cashel. So that's the legend of Cashel Rock. It's also reported to be the conversion of the King of Munster by St. Patrick in the 5th century from, well, I guess, to, to Catholicism. Yes, Dan. What exactly is it? Is it just a giant rock in the middle it's, of a town? It, <laughs> it's rock basically rock? a big rock hill, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah, with castle, cemetery. Well, it's it's a monastery. Looks like a castle. It's very old. But there's a couple buildings there. you got some ruins. you got the, the monastery. And then on beyond it, you got some other buildings there, which I got a nice picture that I got in my living room. And I say it's Castle Rock, but it's actually not. It's, it's a ruins of another chapel that's about a couple hundred yards down but with the grass being so green and this old ruins. It was a beautiful picture. Anyhow, you got the oldest and tallest buildings there. Is you got a round tower. It's about 90 feet tall. And then you got Cormac's Chapel, the chapel of uh, King, Cormac. King Cormac was built in 1127. Anyhow, it's got some very 
very cool early architecture. Jim, I know when we were there, we were taking pictures of it. Some of the, I don't know if you call them sculptors, but the the heads and the pictures of the, I guess, the various religious figures in, in the, the archways and all was pretty neat. What did you remember from that? What I really remember was the, uh, the cemetery. I've got a thing for Irish crosses. And uh, it seemed like half the, uh, the the tombstones were the Irish crosses. And it was so easy just to maneuver yourself around so you could get a picture of the Irish cross tombstone with something beautiful and green or rocky in the background. Just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. In fact, I, and, and I'm going from memory here a little bit, but isn't St. Patrick's cross there, the original one? Or um, Scully's cross. <laughs> I mean, I remember there was there was a big cross that they made a big deal about. It was really worn out, and then they did a, a fax, not a facsimile, but a, a recreation that they had in the museum. And I thought it was St. Patrick's Cross, but uh, that could be my faulty memory. Jim Wassel, do you remember? I know you said you've been there as well. Yeah, I uh, so much that I remember of, of the Rock Castle. Yeah, there were a lot of Celtic crosses and. The biggest thing that I remember about the Rock of Castle was that we arrived, we went in 2001, and we left on the 10th of September, and we arrived there on the 11th. So 9-11, we were, we were touring the Rock of Castle. Wow. wow. And um, it, was, it was an amazing day. We had a beautiful time, and we, we ran around the castle. I just remember just being on a beautiful hill, and it was the, the castle was very large and a lot of Celtic crosses. But when we came back to the hotel, we were watching the tower fall, and it was an amazing moment in our lives, because we were thought, this is insane, we're like, what, is this some kind of movie we're watching? Yeah, and you're overseas at the time. I know, so, and the rest of the trip, I mean, I could expound on it, but the people of Ireland, just beautiful, but the, we remember it so much because the Rocket Castle was the first point, our first uh, tour we took that day, so. Now, were you able to, to get inside? And do tours inside? No, I don't. I don't think we ever really went inside. We just kind of—it was our first day there, so we were just kind of looking around the outside. I remember Walt and Tracy and I visited that castle. Uh, apparently, so this castle isn't far outside of Dublin, correct? Correct. This is a very highly, very highly visited castle, close to Dublin. I remember being one of the first places we went, right. and it was raining and and it wasn't very good weather, but we were able to go inside and tour, and it wasn't very busy. It's kind of surprising. It's uh, that it's. I, I would assume it's visited quite often. Like I said, it's not very far outside of outside of it. If you're heading in whatever, I forget which direction. No, that was our heading. first. That was our first day. That was our first day. So we've been there too, and it was open when we were there, but there weren't very many people there. I don't know. No, no. So what was it like inside? Do you remember? Was it was it in good condition or kind of? Disrepair and, and there were parts that were in great condition and there were parts that were in disrepair. So that's mm-hmm. kind of about experience with castles all over the world. Oh, really, yeah. they're slowly <laughs> trying to fix. Kind of like me, yeah. Kind of like me. It's, uh, a, it's a working monument. So yeah, like like a lot of parks throughout the world, they're trying to raise money and as they do through tours, they develop the property. And yeah, the, the thing about Ireland for me is the people and the different shades of green. Mm-hmm. There are like a million shades of green, and they're all beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways. Right. I mean, it's it's a deep, just pleasant it's, green. It's just hard to imagine. And, and I've been there at, at this time of year in November, where here everything's kind of turning brown, and it's still lush and thick and vibrant. It's, yes. It's, it, it's, it's, it's really cool. You see well, why it gets the name Emerald Isle. I'm sorry. I've said this a million times, and I'll say it again. Sorry, I'll say it a million and one. I call Ireland West Virginia with a coastline. That's what I call it because it's just it's beautiful, mountainous. It's not mountain, not like mountains out in Colorado, but mountains like we have here, older mountains that have been eroded by. There, they've been there longer, so they don't. I don't know what their highest peak in the whole country is. It might be our highest peak is what forty some hundred feet, maybe. Or, yeah. Uh, so there's about the same way. So they sit on limestone. We sit on limestone. Mm-hmm. So the the terrain is very similar to West Virginia, and the people are I, I say they're just as nice. And, right. And uh, it reminded me a lot of home away from home is kind of what I call it. 
It's a good analogy. I just wanted to uh, say when we were there, photographically, this place was insanely beautiful. Yeah. I mean, there were just some beautiful views inside the castle and out. Lots of perspective, lots of green. You can go far away, close up to the place. Photographically, Ireland is just top of the heap. It's just beautiful. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm not a photographer. But what stood out to me at, at, at Castle Rock, one, you, when you first get there, you're at the bottom of this, and it's, I don't know, 100 yards, 200 yards up. It's fairly steep. I mean, it is a rock just sort of sits there, and all of a sudden it, it pops up. And you see these old, you know, 11th century, 12th century buildings. So that's pretty cool in itself. But I'm also walking there, and you can tell there's a cemetery at the top, and you had all these ravens circling around. Of course, mm-hmm. it kind of signifies death. And so you got the, the old castles that, that I guess you could kind of take the leap to be in Haunted. And you got a cemetery and you got the ravens. And then the stark blue sky and the green grass, it was just, it was pretty, it was a pretty good contrast and, and just a great picture in my mind. So, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but we were able to sit through a video, Brian, and they did give us a, you know, a video uh, of, you could sit there as long as you want. You could sit, partake, you didn't have to. And it, it came and went throughout the day. So things like that are there available at the castle, but it's not. A, it wasn't very busy. It wasn't too busy when we were there. But you're right, Brian. Getting back to you, Brian. You had a, an initial building that's older, but you could go into sort of like the museum part. Mm-hmm. Then you had the Cormac Cathedral that had the really old stuff, but they allowed you at least to go through the the chapel part of it. And then you had some old ruins and towers that you weren't allowed to go into, but you could see they were working on. We took a little tour, didn't we? Uh, we had a guy lead us around for the first half an hour. We did, yep, absolutely, absolutely. So, okay, well, very good. So that's the Rocket Castle. Any, anybody else got any anything on that from there? At least in our trip, and I know some of these other guys have been there, not on the same trip as us. Jim and I, Jim Reed and I, head down to the the city or town of Cork, and we had lunch there. I don't know that I have any specific remembrances of of the town of Cork, other than I I know I've heard it in limericks and and all <laughs> kinds of other stuff. Jim, did you have anything on the town of Cork before we, we go up to the, the famous castle, Jim Wassel? Yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> I was just talking to my, my friend who I went to Ireland with on that trip, and he said we had stopped right outside of Cork someplace. <laughs> and this pretty much goes to Ireland, the ball place. You just go to a pub, and you find really cool people, and, and that's all I really remember at Cork. It was just you know, in, indicative of a lot of Ireland, just great people and, and just Great part of it. Nothing really particular. Okay, yeah, that's sort of what I, I mean. It seemed like a, it is a port town, right? I mean, right. it's it's a port town. It seemed like a, a working class town, and probably there are some really good pubs. They they yep. drop us off for lunch and talked about some church and the bells, but I think they do that in every hour city. Yeah, Ireland. <laughs> pubs, churches, <laughs> green grass. Right? It's, 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 it's a reoccurring theme, but right. it, it is a university town as well. So nice. not just pubs. Very nice, very nice. But that's important for a university to have pubs. In there. It is. Yes, we at least at a university I've gone to. <laughs> so five you miles. Go to any other. That's true. <laughs> five miles outside of Cork is Blarney Castle, mm-hmm. which is famous for the Blarney Stone. And I think uh, it sounds like Walt and Eric have been there. I know the two gym or all three gyms have been there that are on the podcast today. So why don't we just start with the initial thoughts? On, on your take of the whole grounds. Walt? Narrow stairways. <laughs> Narrow stairways, and you have to lay down on a stone and look out through a water trough type hole. You're going to be upside down. Yeah, well, 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 why don't you explain? Because everybody has heard the term, you know, the Blarney Stone. Right. What, what exactly so, is the Blarney Stone? So, so basically, it's just the stone at the top of this building. And so you walk up this. But it's, it's built into the wall. It's built outside into the wall, castle. Castle outside wall yeah. on the, the fourth or top floor. So you wind up the stairway almost like going to Notre Dame. The stairways that wow. so that perspective, and you get up there, and they two guys I believe or at least one guy is harnessed in and he grabs you, and you're <laughs> you're basically laying back. You know, laying on your back, on your back, upside down, upside down, and you kiss the stone. That's how you do it. Well, and, and you're leaning out over and, open and, air. Yeah, and he's got you. He's, he's holding your feet, right? He's holding your belt, whatever. Right. And now, I mean, now they have put a couple rails underneath you, 
Right. So if you're really skinny, you're you you falling through, and then you got two, yeah. But in the olden days, meaning 20, 30 years ago, there were no rails, and people were just holding you by your ankles. You're literally leaning out from about the fifth story of this old stone castle. Well, I probably should be. Somebody and, fall, why just a rail though? Right. So with <laughs> your, really your rails up. Over your back, your yeah. back leaning back and arching to kiss this limestone rock. And so what happens when you kiss the stone? You get germs from all the million other people's faces. No, you're supposed so, to get them on the as, as the legend, you get... You get Blarney. Blarney is the uh, the gift of eloquence, the, the yeah. gift of, or skill at flattery. Oh, yeah. uh, you guys obviously didn't kiss it enough. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, there, we have gift of gab. I think all well, of you might be missing the eloquence. Part. The, the legend goes: it's claimed that whether uh, Blarney or empty flattery or beguiling talk it derives from one or two sources. The first story involves the goddess Pladonna. And Cormac McCarthy, who was the original builder of, of the Blarney Castle, and then another legend suggests, and, and in that one, he he had gotten in trouble and had to go before a judge or had a trial or something and had to explain whatever he did, and he was not a good talker, wasn't good in public, wasn't good whatever, st stammered, stuttered, whatever, and then this so-called goddess gave him the ability to to talk eloquently while he talked to the judge. And then supposedly the goddess put the, the, the stone in the in the castle, but didn't tell him where. He had to figure out where it was and find the right one and then kiss it. Well, as it turns out, as we described, it's not only on an outside wall, it's at the very top of the wall and on an outside on an outside wall. And as Walt was, was describing the stairs, which you gotta keep in mind. The way they built steps, one, I mean, it was in the, the 1300s, so they're already not going to be in line or, or square, but they purposely did it. You know, if a step's like an inch off, you'll trip on it every time. They did that on purpose in case somebody, attackers were coming in, and then they had to go up the stairs. They had them off on purpose, so they'd trip up the stairs and, and couldn't get to them. Nice. So they were narrow, they were off, and uh, luckily they have put up rails or else you, you it, it'd be really strict. But anyhow, that, that's the one legend that, that he did that to get off in good graces of the judge and win his case. The other one suggests that he went to Queen Elizabeth I and requested that Cormac Siege McCarthy, the Lord of Barney, be deprived of traditional land rights. And he was concerned when he went to the Queen to ask for the rights back that he was not an effective talker and somehow also kissed yeah. the particular stone and was given the, the gift of eloquent speech. So, not sure which is right, which isn't, but supposedly if you do that, I did kiss the Barney Stone. Some will say I'm full of whatever and can talk, which I can amongst my friends, but I used to struggle in, in front of groups, and it's probably just because I'm older and I don't care anymore, <laughs> but in the last couple of years, I've had to talk a lot more in front of a lot of groups for a nonprofit that, that that I'm trying to get support for, but going in front of groups of 50, 100 people or so has not been a problem. So, whether it's the gift of Gab or the Barney Stone, I don't know, but either way, it's that little extra confidence. That's pretty cool. All I know is that if you go to Ireland, you've got to go and kiss the Barney's. Well, I'm in Ireland, I haven't done it yet. Is that time to go back? Yeah. Now, one of the things that I, I guess was a pleasant surprise there, I mean, I was expecting an old castle, I was expecting some big stone to, to kiss or whatever, which we did that. But the grounds there at Blarney Castle, I thought were just beautiful. From roll, a couple rolling streams to once you got behind the, the, the Blarney Castle, there was some, it was almost like, I don't want to say Amazon, but I mean, there were some really neat plants that did not seem to be from Ireland. It, 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 does, Jim, do you remember that? Or Oh, absolutely. It was like a like an Irish jungle scene. It was Everything was overgrown. Vines coming down out of the trees. It was, it was really neat, and we did a lot of scrambling amongst the rocks. Right. Yeah. That's pretty different before from most kind of throughout the United Kingdom. You know, an English garden, for example, is right. very prim and proper, very tight, very clean. It's not so it's definitely different from a lot of the uh, gardens you probably would see. No, it was neat. There was a little waterfalls going down through yep. it. And, and a little, I guess, a pond at the bottom of it. It was just neat and unexpected. That's pretty cool. The other thing that they had that I really liked was, you know, not the neat topiary that you expect to see or 
flower gardens, but they also had a poison garden. Do you remember that, Jim? Yes, yes. Oh. Yeah, they had, what is it, like belladonna, ricin, opium growing, marijuana, <laughs> and a little bit of everything. Wow. Well, I didn't think marijuana and opium were poison. Oh. <laughs> Considered toxic in some... some <laughs> Wolf, Spain, Mandrake. Not so uh, popular guest. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was neat too. And like I said, there's a couple rolling streams that, that, that flowed through it. But then on the backside, as you came back through that little sort of rainforest-type garden, you had the old castle, but then there was this beautiful one. It's actually a private home that is a beautiful, well-maintained castle. I don't think they call that Blarney Castle. I mean, they call it Blarney House. But that there were some incredible pictures of that, too. I mean, we got there. It was kind of evening, and, and just the way the sun was and the way it set, it would also make for some great pictures. So anybody else experienced that or not. You know, the one thing that I really remember about that trip, it just lodged in my memory, was the, you know, we had the local who was taking us around in the van. Every time he got back in the van and started it up, he had to blow into a DUI measurement. <laughs> That's classic. Well, you know, Jameson and Guinness, what can you say? Jim, Jim, that's perfect because after we left, the Blarney Stone, we went to a little town, I believe it's called Middleton. Middleton. And uh, went to the Jameson. There's an old yes. Jameson factory, the original, I think, Jameson yeah. factory there. And um, as we were walking in, everyone walking out, my wife, Tracy, noticed that everyone had these big smiles on their face. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, wonder why they're so happy. I'm like, well, probably because they were doing or drinking Jameson. So two hours later, Eric and Tracy and I are walking out. Guess what? Smiling. Big smile. <laughs> we all look at each other and we're like, now we know why everyone was so happy coming out of this tour. So we highly recommend the Jameson tour in Middleton. Oh, yes. Uh, and now they produce it there for the entire country. Now they have a middle or they have a Jameson in factory Dublin. in Dublin, Dublin, but it is not operational. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. But just they just actually true. produce in Middleton, so and it's a tour. FYI, it is yeah. a good. It's a great tour. I highly recommend it. It was. I was feeling very good after that tour. <laughs> I smile after I get out of a distillery every time. Right. Did, did, it, did it warm you? Did it warm your heart? It warmed my heart yeah, and you know, heart. And, um, and there are great little restaurants right outside the distillery, which mm -hmm. we recommend after a couple nice glasses of Jameson that you may nice. eat some food. Nice. You don't end up, Jim, blowing into the uh, little tube. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so we wrapped up in Blarney Castle. Uh, on the trip that Jim Reed and I were on, we headed back to Dublin at that point and, uh, and called it. It was a long day. It was a very, uh, very good day, though. From here, and, and I'm going to pass the torch a little bit to Jim Reed, there's some, some short day trips you can take right outside of Dublin that he's taken and had a lot of, uh, a lot of fun on. That's the amazing thing. You know, Dublin is a world-class city. It's hustle and bustle. As long as you're there, you always seem like you're in the middle of a crowd. But if you go 25 minutes outside of uh, Dublin, you can find yourself in the countryside. And that's what I did uh, on a trip, oh gosh, must have been about eight, ten years ago. And we started going down the coast, south out of Dublin, uh, towards Bray, a city right on the ocean. Real neat little place, small town, lots of good restaurants and bars and things like that. And then headed down to the Wicklow Mountains into that area and headed inland to Lake Glendalough. And if you ever get a chance to go there, take a tour of Lake Glendalough. You can either rent a car or there are plenty of tours that you can take outside of Dublin. Lake Glendalough is just an amazing, beautiful lake in the middle of a glen out there. And it's populated with, I think it's a 7th century uh, monastery and cemetery. St. Kevin's Chapel is there. Lots of hikes, lots of smaller lakes as well. Just fantastic. I highly recommend that. And again, you know, that could be a half a day out. And one of the best things was just going up through the mountains and watching them, uh, you know, harvesting peat from the fields the old dead moss that they end up burning in so many places, and that you smell when you go into the small towns in much of Ireland in the wintertime burning. The other thing is, you know, in that same basic area, like Arklow, 
there are a number of places of crafts. You can go down to Avoca where they have a little folk village set up and they do weaving there. And you can get, you know, the traditional big, heavy Irish sweater. There are a number of places that uh, in the same area that do uh, crystal. So, you know, it's it's a wonderful little place. Again, not a lot to say about it other than it's a good day trip. Get out of the city, you know, get your lungs back, and uh, then you can head back in for your pint of Guinness in, you know, no time whatsoever. Nice. That's really it. Just a small, small trip. Did they have the thatch roofs there? You're talking about the peat and, and, and some of the more traditional, older type stuff. Did they have any of the thatch roof huts or, or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Saw several of those. I stayed at a B&B in that basic area, and I think that place had a thatch hut, a thatch roof as you went through. So, you know, that is fairly familiar. There's some big mansions out there, too, that you can take tours of. I think Powers Court is one of them big old, from the English era, manor house with waterfalls and things like that. Yeah, you, you're not going to run out of things to do if you uh, enjoy just getting into the countryside for a little bit. Now, does Linda Locke have a monster? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. It was the Vikings. They were the monsters. Gotcha. One, of the, one of the things they had there is one of those big towers that uh, all the monks would uh, go up into whenever the Vikings came and attacked them. And a big stone tower that's left, and, and they just sort of hole up for weeks, hoping that they had enough provisions to, so to outlast the Vikings. The monks didn't want to be raped, pillaged, and plundered. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. And yeah, there's arguments. There's there are critics who've made, or I'm sorry, scholars who've made the argument that these were the monks that sort of kept Western humanism alive because they they had their Bibles, their big handwritten things like the Book of Kells. And preserve them. You know, when they climbed up these towers, they took their holiest books with them as well. And this was how the a lot of our uh, shared literature got passed down. Yeah, I know the Vikings, but the Normans also attacked pretty heavily. Uh, did did yeah. this area get hit by them as well? Yep, by the Normans, by the Vikings, and then in the 17th century, the English. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, well, actually, starting at the end of the 16th century with Elizabeth. You know, there's a, a good 75 years of just wave after wave of, of English coming over and burning things like the Rock of Cashel. They were the, the English who uh, first sort of went through and racked the, the castle. So much history. Yeah, a ton of history, ton of history. I think the northern uh, our, Irish would probably say the, the English are still raping pillaging. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think we have a few friends that say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to ask, how did you guys get around? Part of our biggest part of our adventure in Ireland was driving ourselves around very narrow roads on the left-hand side, and it was really a lot of fun. Not only the road, but the car. That's right, and the <laughs> sheep, dodging sheep and dodging farmers and, and whoever happens to be in the road. How did you guys get around? The first time I did this, I was with a friend and his wife, and she was born in Ireland. It lived in California for 20, 25 years, but she goes back quite a bit. And so she volunteered to drive, which I thought, oh, that's wonderful. I don't have to worry about driving on the left-hand side of the road. The problem was she was absolutely insane when it came to her. <laughs> I guess because she grew up in those little tiny lanes on the left-hand side. She'd go barreling down through there at 65 miles an hour, tires squealing, just it was crazy. And my friend, you know, I could I, I looked over at him and he looked like he was about ready to scream too. So I know I wasn't overreacting, but uh, is that like you, Jim, on Scrabble Road in, in your day? <laughs> <laughs> that was Terry Hall. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Terry Hall definitely. And I find that a lot of people drive crazy in the world. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, in that same area, and I took this this little tour out of Dublin. There's a rural pub crawl. And it consists of about seven or eight different pubs all through that same area, each one having its own little tale, none younger than 200 years old. And uh, just going out through the countryside, seeing the thatch roofs, seeing the, the, the sheep and, and the lambs, and then stopping in one for, uh, for mutton and mint jelly, which was an incredible dish. And uh, so just a, a good time. So there's a lot of little tours you can do right out of Dublin that, that takes you out into to the rural countryside. Was Johnny Fox's one of those pubs? Johnny Fox's was one of those, absolutely. Oh, if you can go there for music at night, it's it just feels as authentic as you can get. Yeah, no, that, that was a great place. 
And we actually stopped another, and I can't remember the name of it, that uh, Jeremiah Carroll was one of us with them. And we actually, it was, this was one of the last pubs and they had, it was later. So the music was out and they had a little, you know, two or three piece band and they let him get up and play his guitar and, and sing and, and have a good time. I think he did country roads or something, yeah. something crazy. I remember he saying his, it was towards the end of the tour. So my fingers and my brain didn't quite connect as well as I'd like them to be when I was playing the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was late, but uh, but it was a good time, and everybody loved it to have the American get up there and, and do that. And we probably should mention that, yes, we did hear Country Roads on this particular trip. Even Walt and Tracy and I heard it. I forget where we were. We were in having some drinks somewhere, and we heard in it pub. one of the towns yeah. in a pub. Yeah, and, of course, they had live music, and the people up there playing live music yeah. decided to play, what, Country Roads. So. It's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. We stopped at a... It was one of the best evenings we had. And of course, we really drank an enormous amount. But it was a place called Passage East. It was just, if you, in Ireland, you can stop almost anywhere, okay? Find the pub, go there, sit there, drink, and you are like a part of them. Mm -hmm. And they love American country music. Mm -hmm. We were like looking for, you know, Irish music, and they're just playing our music. Right. And it was just an amazing night because we're sitting there at the bar, and all these tourists come in, and they think we're part of the locals. <laughs> that was the, the, the best part of it, because by that time, we were all, the entire bar was drunk, so right. we were having a great time. They are yeah. very welcoming people. They are extremely yeah. welcome. Yes. That is one of the gifts of Ireland. Yes. Literally, if you get out, Dublin's beautiful, but get outside in the countryside, because yep. you can go to any pub. And in Ireland, pubs are where friends gather, and they tell stories and they sing. That's their way of life. Yeah. So don't be surprised if you're at a pub and they ask you, do you sing or tell a story? Because yep. like yep. the whole bar interacts and yep. you can hear some beautiful stories and singing yep. any place. The funny thing is you're welcome there. It, and you're yeah, welcome. To catalyze what you're saying, though, it's, it's truly a gathering spot. And, you know, in America, when we think of a, of a pub, there's always, what, 15 TVs on a wall with 25 different right. sports things going on all the time, right? Not in any, nope. not a traditional English or Irish, any of the UK, basically, no. a pub doesn't have a TV. Talk. It, it's there to, to talk. It's right. about drinking. It, and and, and <laughs> talking. It's you know, talking. It actually right. or communicates. So that's what you were saying. They're welcoming. You can walk in and... Traveling alone, you shouldn't feel bad at all traveling there because you can walk in and strike up a conversation with anybody. Absolutely. And the, and the thing is, the affinity of the Irish to the American people is just very close. And like I said, we were there at 9-11 in the two weeks that we were there. If I were to be caught someplace in a national emergency, Ireland was the place I want to be because they were feeling what we were feeling. Right. And so I mean, these people, they're just magic. Yep. That's all I can well, that's, that's probably the... I have a little story to kind of top that off. So I went with Walt and Tracy to Athlone Castle. They stayed in the castle. I stayed in a bed and breakfast outside the castle. When we got separated and it was time for me to go to my bed and breakfast, I went and I checked in and I asked for a place to go eat. Well, they said there's only one little pub in town. I said, can I walk there? They said, no, not really. You don't want to walk there. We'll take you. I'm like, well, that's not necessary. I can get a ride. And they're like, no, we'll, we have no problem. We'll take you down there. We're heading down there anyway. I said, well, I'll have to come back. I don't. She said, well, we'll just tell the owners that you, to bring you back. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I have to do that. I felt really like I was putting people out. But no, it worked out very nicely. I went. I got some. I drank some beer. I got some grub. And when the uh, the chef was decided to leave, it was about eight o'clock, and he said, "Do you want to ride back to your uh, bed and breakfast?" I said, "Sure, timing's perfect." So nice. They're the most accommodating, some yes. of the most accommodating Absolutely. people I've ever met. Really. So we stayed at the Ashford Castle, mm -hmm. and um, they have a golf course. Mm -hmm. Bob Hope <coughs> used to frequent this place quite often, and my wife Tracy was there in 1994. And so she's walking into the Ashford Castle, and there's this little short man with sandy red hair. And Tracy's like, Bob Hope. And he goes, yes, ma'am. And because uh, they have a nine hole golf course yeah. there, so he would go there quite often. And she met Bob Hope there. Oh, in wow. 
Oh, wow. so so we that was why we had to go That's back. Why you went back. But of course, Bob Hope was dead. Yes. But, <laughs> but, Hopefully, you didn't see him this time. You know, but if you <laughs> oh, do, no, that would be cool if you did. If you do get to that part of Ireland, the Ashford Castle is just. Yeah. It, if I could, if I could put it into American terms, the Ashford Castle is kind of like the Greenbrier Homestead. Some of those great, yeah. just they're so warm. Like when I was there with Tracy, I had a cold. And so I go down for breakfast and the little lady, the Irish lady goes, laddie, would you like uh, a double Jameson and some lime or lemon? And I'm like, 7 a.m. OK. <laughs> but they're just so accommodating right. and so warm. But anyways, nice. uh, just a real quick question on that, though. So I'm sure a lot of listeners would love to know. Everybody had uh, most people, I should say, have this. How do you sleep in a castle? How do you get to stay in a castle? What was, how did you guys oh book your castle? Oh my gosh. Um, the Ashford Castle was huge. Jim, have you been there, Jim Reed? No, no, I haven't. Um, it's huge. So we stayed on like the third level over, so the golf course, we overlooked the golf course and they have a falconry area. So we had like views on three sides. The fourth side was the locker lake behind the castle. It's it's a castle, but it's not scary in any way. Like I've been to France, and some of those castles or chateaus can be a little <laughs> dark and dark. And, and this is very modernized. Yeah, it, it's it's been kind of, but it yeah, it's it's. But you booked it well in advance, I was. Oh yes, you book it well in advance, and and it's a little salty, but it's well worth the money. Yeah. Nice. You know, I did a quick Google search here. Uh, sleep in a castle in Ireland and a little map populated immediately with it looks like about 25 or 30 different places as low as $66 a night up to like the 350 wow. range so it looks like there's a lot of options for everybody in all parts of the island there yeah. are a lot of castles i mean everywhere you go all right well let's for for a moment let's segue a little bit and go to our foodie section which tony price is going to Lead us on that. Oh, yeah. So we travel for food, too, right? Yes, um, absolutely. So, again, we, we talk about food experiences, not necessarily a, a famous restaurant or anything, but just a true good food experience. And this popped in my head because we were talking about booking our trip for next fall to Oktoberfest and then also going to uh, Paris for the Great Harvest Festival. And it made me think of, my most recent trip to the Great Harvest Festival. And we've all had ham and cheese sandwiches, right? I mean, how, how, how good can a ham and cheese sandwich really be? Well, let me tell you. So up in Montmartre, we were there, and, you know, the Great Harvest Festival is just loaded with vendors and tents of all kinds of food and, and everything. We get to the top right at the base of the basilica, and there's a line. Of, I mean, there must be 50 people. And this is on a Wednesday afternoon. The, the, the festival just started. I'm like, what is so good about that sandwich that there's 50 people standing? Like, but well, we got to try that. <laughs> so Terry Hall and I stand in line. We get up there and we and we order basically a ham and cheese sandwich. So that, that's everywhere in, in Paris. Your croquet madame, your croquet monsieur's is basically a ham and cheese sandwich. Is but, it grilled? So this is. Literally, so rocklet cheese. Mm. So you can't really get it here in the States. Not that, because it's unpasteurized cow's milk that's from the Alpine Mountains. That's where all the cows are. They just graze up there. So you can't really recreate that. And it's a semi-hard. It's done in a wheel, but it's made mainly for melting. So they take these little hot grill things. They, they, they Basically, is what they are, the toasters. So they take a fabulous French baguette, right? Toast it a little bit. Meanwhile, they have this half wheel of this rocklet cheese sitting on top of it, so it's getting ooey and gooey. So they take off this toasted baguette, they take a knife, and they just just peel off this melty cheese onto it. Right right off of it. Right off of it, onto Mm -hmm. it, this couple slices of ham, and gave it to us. And I'm like, okay, it's it's probably going to be good. And I remember Terry and I split one, and of course – and my broken French and talking to him, he was teasing that he thought we were a couple at first. Like, a sandwich, but you know, but I finally got it through. I was like, no, we're just sharing the sandwich, but it's kind of funny. Um, but we, we started walking over towards, of course, the steps to sit with our bottle of wine to have it. And I took a bite and I was like, goosebumps. 
I was wow. like, oh my god, how does how a ham and cheese sandwich that damn good? You get this folks from food? Oh, I took a picture. Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> I snapped a picture of it, and I, and I was just like, this is insane. It, it was so crazy. We went and sat down. We, we shared the half sandwich, and we finished the bottle of wine. I'm like, is it wrong that I'm going to go back and get another one? Did you go back and get a couple? <laughs> no, because no, Terry didn't want it. But it was funny. When I got back in line, he remembered me. He goes, oh, no, 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 but I will say, you know, from a, just a, an experience, something that's just you don't expect, right? right. Just a ham and cheese sandwich. Right? Those but are the best. That was. Those are the best. Just one of those things I tease about it all the time. When I think Terry was over there last time, and, and I was like, "Did you go get one of those sandwiches?" Like, no, he's here. I said, "What the hell's wrong with you? How do you miss <laughs> But I can tell you next year. When I go, yeah. I will be there getting that sandwich. Nice. If they're not there, I'm going to hunt them down. A quick side note on that cheese. Yeah. They also use that cheese to make the greatest scalloped potatoes you've ever had uh, in your life. Yeah. Along with ham. They, they argue with that cheese, whether it's you know Swiss or French, because the Alps are right. right. Uh, it is. It's, it's a both sides, but it, it is spectacular. It really is. I love cheese. Cheese is good. Cheese is good. That was just one of those experiences that I would just – Stands out. Awesome. Another good foodie experience from the friends that carry on. All right, let's head back to the countryside of Dublin, or not Dublin, Ireland. And Walt and Eric, let's, uh, you all took us a, a little road trip the same time Jim Reed and I went out to Rocket Cashel and, and Blarneystone, but you lasted a few more days. It wasn't just a day trip. Uh, why don't y'all lead us through that? Yeah, we decided to, well, Tracy, Walt's wife, just drive, decided to. I guess retrace her steps that she took when she was a little younger. In 1994. 1994. So uh, they asked me to come along. Well, I'm not real stupid, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Is that your opinion? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's my opinion. So uh, we, I decided to tag along on this trip, and again, Tracy drove, and I, it was great. We retraced her steps all the way down to the Ring of Carrie. Right. is where we drove down to. And I have to tell a little quick story about the Ring of Kerry because I got down there and I'm looking at everything from a photographer's perspective, kind of behind the lens. And the first thing I saw down there were palm trees. I'm thinking, wow. I'm on Ireland. Why am I seeing palm trees? <laughs> so I'm asking people, why are there palm trees here? I don't, I don't understand because they're appearing in my photographs, right? I'm seeing, I'm like, I didn't expect to see palm trees in Ireland. You're the very southern tip of one of the southern tips of Ireland, and one of these rings that go around these little fjords that jut out into the ocean. And they proceeded to tell me that they're carried up here through on the Gulf, the Gulf Coast, the Gulf carries it, Gulf the Gulf Stream carries it up there, and they get attached and they can plant and grow. And I, that was just so surprising to me. I never expected. Hmm. I know it's something simple as a palm tree, yeah. and there's over 100. Don't you know that anything? That's green and grows. Yeah. Goes in Ireland. Yeah, you just don't see <laughs> palm trees on the island, you know? You it's just don't really expect to so was this, expect, right. So was this right after your trip through the Jameson factory? No, this, <laughs> no, this, this is before that. Was no, this is before This that. is before. This is before. I was joking. <laughs> I was wondering if the Jameson had something to do with it. Brian, just so you know, Eric and I had a really nice setup. Tracy drove the whole time, so it was our job to find pubs. And establishments <laughs> to get wine for our drive. And I think it worked perfectly. So well, Tracy's driving. We're just having fun. So did Tracy plan this? So she she worked, I don't think she planned she it. worked to your strengths. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Yes. Did you have on the left hand side of the road? No, no, no. It, it, so it, yeah. I, I think I think the concern probably was if she didn't drive that Walt and Eric would still be doing the same thing. <laughs> Pretty much. So, yeah. yeah, pretty much. So what we did, we started off, they started off at Clontarf Castle, which was right outside of uh, right. Dublin. And then we went to the Jameson and Middleton and made our way through Ennis. And we saw the Cliffs of Moor. Right. And we also saw Astor so Castle. Tell, tell us a little bit about the Cliffs of Moor, because I was going to bring that up later. Or I can bring it up later if you don't want to talk about it now. I'll, we can talk about it here in about three minutes. Yeah, four. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. We went to the Cliffs of Moor, and then we hit Astor Castle, where we talked about earlier. And then we hit Athlone. Which I have to get out there and put out there. I really liked Athlone. Yes. It was different. And the only reason I, I liked it is because the dispute about the oldest bar in Ireland. And I have proof 
This is the tchotchke that I brought. was from Sean's Pub in Athlone, and it's right by the oldest, I think it's Wooden Castle in Ireland. And it claims to be the oldest pub in Ireland in the whole country. Mm-hmm. And it claims to be, right now they say there's no other older ones in the world. Right. 900 AD, and it's good, and, and Guinness has recognized it. So okay. I'll read real quick on their flyer. Sean's Bar has been detailed and documented in history right back to 900 AD. During renovations in 1970, walls of the bar were found to be made of wattle and wicker, dating back to the 9th century. Old coins, which were minted by various landlords for barter with their customers, were also founded and dated to this period. The walls and the coins are on display at the National Museum, and one section remains on display at the pub. Question. Okay. Has Sean's been in operation, though? Continuously as a bar. Yes. Here, I'll go back to the beginning. Athlon went, went uh, hold on. I, don't, I kind of want to skip over the boring parts. <laughs> the cro- okay, the crossing point, which is at the River Shannon. So there's a big crossing point at this river in this castle. The crossing point and the pub are dated back to the year 900 A.D. Well, that Later, a settlement was established around the crossing point, and King Turlow O'Connor built the first wooden castle here in 1120. I think that's yeah. the, but I think that's where the difference, the, the, the right difference is. It's not is that they're the oldest, the but I don't think it's been a continuous operation. Whereas Brazil, well, you can take that up with him. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, the first when you go back to when you go back to drink whatever. No, I'm just saying when they when they argue about which is the oldest. I think I, mean, I could be wrong, but I think the the Brazil head, the Brazil head, is, has been in operation. Continuous. I think it sounds like a good basis for a drunken brawl. <laughs> Pit those two against each other. But I have to tell another quick story. Again, remember, remember when we were sitting in the little pub right across from the Akron Castle in Sean's pub? Right. We were talking to what he had to be 75 year old man, 80 year old. He was ex Secret Service, Irish Secret Service. Right. He was a very interesting man who, who I think probably put the moons on your wife a little bit. <laughs> he, tried, he tried to. Yeah, he did. He, he tried to. What do you do to it? You don't say a whole lot to it. Yeah, you just give him another drink. drink. He's like, I'll buy you a beer. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's what we did. And God bless Tracy because she drove through several – this was – Early March, because we left, we were in Dublin for the 17th. Oh, we so went to Galway. 18, we went to Galway, 20th. which is a nice Galway. There Gal- we go. We were Galway is a very Galway. modern city. Modern, I think Apple or IB. Is it Apple there? Apple. Apple. I think you're right. It is Apple. And so there's a university there, and they their curriculum surprisingly is Apple's curriculum. Right. Yeah. I think we should pay yeah. homage to sober wives that drive around drunk. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I wanted to say God bless her because it was snowing yeah, at gold, the time. In gold, oh, yeah. Yeah, and a wet snow. Not a very driving friendly snow. <laughs> Did you make her blow into the breathalyzer every time she started? <laughs> Unfortunately, Tracy didn't have to blow into yeah, the breathalyzer. We had, a, we had a sober driver. <laughs> I'm surprised that they even have that wireless. <laughs> I'm just worried, I'm wondering how bad that had to be that you got that in your car. I also have to mention, too, we, took, we, we also took a chocolate tour. Remember, what the, was it you and Tracy that went on the chocolate tour with us? We went Not out sure. to the countryside, and I can remember this because I bought some of the – it wasn't chocolate. It was chocolate-flavored tea, but it was also – it was a – I think it was a chocolate place out in the middle of nowhere. And this tea was phenomenal. I brought it home, and I've tried to order more, but I can't order more. They have a website, but they don't ship to the U.S. No. I was so upset. It was really good tea, man. Uh, can I just throw in, if anybody has an appreciation for Crystal, just go to Wexford. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. We went to it on a tour. Wex. Wexford. Oh, the Wexford. Yeah. yeah. Say that one more time. It's Wexford Crystal. Right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's just beautiful. It is. It's just exquisite. Oh, I see. I mean, um, yeah, we took a tour of their their factories. There. Waterford, you mean? Uh, that's Waterford, Crystal. Waterford. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm sorry, I was confused. Okay. It's it's easily done. But yeah, Waterford. I'm sorry. Nice, nice. Okay, so where where did y'all head next? 
Well, of course, we now we can swim back around to the Cliffs of Moher. Okay. And wow, how do you describe the Cliffs of Moher? Huh. It's one of those places that makes you feel small. Yeah, there you go. Um, yes. That's an iconic picture there, right? You yeah. see yeah. pictures but of it's a so, lot of times they take pictures of Ireland. You see these cliffs. It is the Cliffs of Moher, right? Yeah, wow. it's so vast and so beautiful. The waves crashing in up the cliff, it, it just makes you, it makes you feel as a person so small, but in awe of what you see in front of you. Did you all get to go down and, and go on the boat or were you just up top? We were just up top. We were just up top. But we, and we were there. It was pretty rough. The seas were pretty rough yeah. today. So I don't think there was a boat. They mentioned the boat tour, but you couldn't do it that day because right. it was really rough. Uh, my, um, my wife, Teresa, and my stepdaughter, Cammy went to it, and then they went up top like you all did, and, and they, they had just gone to St. Patty's Day, too, so it was the same time of year, like a year later, and they did go on the boat. Now, they said it was frigid, it was cold, but down from the down below looking up was just absolutely beautiful and amazing. I mean, up top was two, don't right, get me right, wrong, no, no. but down on the, the so sure. it was frigid, <laughs> it was cold. But it, it was just a beautiful site. It's a place where you get really quiet. It's just beautiful. I didn't realize it was about nine miles long. Oh, it's beautiful. Like the right. coastline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The coastline. Nine miles long up to about 400 feet high. It's mm. got cool. 100 feet high. It's incredibly dramatic. And I'm sure you can take bus tours because we saw a lot of bus tours. And there's food. and a, It's a big park. Yeah, they have a big cafeteria up at the top. It's like three stories. The sights and, and it's just beautiful. It, it really is. So, yeah, definitely an iconic about geological spot to go. Wildlife? Did you see? I mean, what are they? What's the wildlife you know, there? Did you? Sheep. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I can't call that wildlife. <laughs> That's the wildlife you see. <laughs> That's all oh, right. Well, it's livestock, isn't it? I, I think what Brian's going for are the puffins. You're the puffins. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, please do tell. What's a puffin? I don't know what a puffin is. Yeah. The puffin, the, the funny it's little like birds that, that, that are made of lots of stuffed animals out of. Cutest bird ever. Uh, the, the, the puffins actually uh, ha- habitat there. Uh, habit. I yeah. say that. Well. <laughs> wow. They live there. <laughs> I just remember. Yeah. Oh, so the the uh, the Atlantic puffin, also known as the common puffin, that's a, a species of seabird, native to the Atlantic Ocean. Let's see. I mean, I'm of course just reading this right from Wikipedia because now we brought this up. Um, <laughs> where where do they do breed in Iceland, Norway, Greenland, Newfoundland, and parts of Great Britain in the east? And uh, it's just a—it's not a very large bird, but uh, beautifully colored. You know, bright white chest and uh, orange beak. So did you guys see any really puffins? I never saw any puffins. No, there's no puffins in Alaska. I never saw them. Where are they supposed to be? They're on the rocks. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Andrew Zimmern had an episode where he went to—I think it was Iceland—and went out with a big net and a local there. And caught uh, puffins and then made them to eat. Yeah. Horrible story. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's a bird. They're, they're so cute, but they also look delicious. <laughs> they're great in yeah. invasional sauce, too. <laughs> Jim, I blame Tony. He made us all hungry. Nails from pizza. To throw in a little pop culture with the Cliffs of Moore, and this is one of my favorite all-time films. If you've ever watched The Princess Bride, oh, cool. Clips of Insanity are the Clips of Moore. <laughs> oh, I didn't uh, know that. And also uh, the Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince uh, film there as well. So there is uh, a few things there, so pretty cool. And speaking of Harry Potter, uh, Eric is donning his story. hairy glasses. Hairy glasses. All right, so anything else on the Clips of Moors, guys? No, but I have some beautiful Where, where did you all head, head after that? To Sean's bar. Uh-oh. Uh, Back to Sean's. Uh, well, I found something there. Sean's bar has been researched thoroughly by Guinness Book of Records and proudly holds the record, the oldest pub in Ireland, with an official dating of 900 AD. Research is ongoing into the oldest pub in the world still in existence, and so far, nothing older has been found. Very good. Very good. 
from the horses and that. We'll go with that. Okay. Very good. So when you're all's little getaway outside of Dublin, did y'all head anywhere else after the Cliffs of Moher, or did you head back to Dublin? At, well, we, after the Cliffs of Moher, we went to down to Athlone, and after Ath or no, I'm sorry, uh, Ashford Castle, and after Ashford Castle, we came back to Dublin. Gotcha. Yeah, Ashford was kind of a nice right. trip. How, how many days did that take? We right. we did six. Five or six days. Yeah, five or six days. Six days nice. So you was. really got to enjoy the countryside. Yeah, we really did. We stayed in a few places. We stayed in Ennis. We stayed in Gal. We stayed in Galway. Yeah. We stayed in Stockton. Took in a little bit of the local environment, mainly overnight, you know, and then went on to another destination. But it was you guys didn't drive really. too far, right? I mean, yeah, you were in the all the southern part, yeah. right? I'm all not southern. Yeah, the whole island is not super yeah. big, so you can. So you know, you're the the side, side, you we were, we stayed. We stayed south. Yeah. So this so you did trip, that little southern loop. Yeah. We of. stayed south from this trip. Later on that same year, Tracy and I went up to Northern Ireland, which was really nice. Right, Jack. That's that's the best way we found when we did Ireland is to take the south. You start on the coast and then you swing down the loop and then you just find beautiful places all the way through Southern Ireland and you end up in the Dublin, and you can just then reverse the whole thing and go north and go up to the top. That's we had the best time, and we just drove ourselves and we had a blast. Bed and breakfast the whole way, and you know I'll have to say, even though I love the Irish breakfast, after you know ten or twelve days of that, <laughs> a bowl of cereal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little heavy. You know, no, yeah, it's a little heavy. Say, please, please, can you just give me a bowl of cornflakes? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of grease and it's a lot of it's a beautiful breakfast at the beginning but it's a lot of, it's like blood pudding it's bacon it's uh eggs eggs right. you've got yeah and everybody Beans, every mayos. every single bread and bread heavy bread every they do it brown bread and yeah, baked bread. beans yeah so, so it's heavy so they take they take their breakfast very serious and they do both at airbnbs and at hotels my recommendation, if you're staying in a hotel or a castle, just go ahead and, and include the breakfast plan because there's a lot of confusion when you get there if you don't do the breakfast plan. Okay? okay. Gotcha. Good yeah. point. We Very actually good. called them breakfast Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that went over well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, I mean, from a, from a traveling standpoint, though, that it is good. I mean, yes. No, it's you can fill up very well on an on a Irish breakfast, oh, yeah. and then it makes the Guinness and the Davis at 9 a.m. not so bad. It all seems to work together. Part of the breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, you know, when we were, now we're bouncing back to the Jameson factory a little bit, and outside, you know, this is what I love about Ireland. In Ireland, the average Irish person has 21 drinks a week. In America, that's probably like ten. And we were, I remember I, when I saw that, I'm like, "Wow, these guys yeah. drink a lot." Oh, well, I was going to say, and you guys were above both of those, weren't you? <laughs> you were like, "Eh." <laughs> 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 Let me interject too that Guinness, okay, is different. Yes. Very much. Oh yeah. So much. Yeah. Yeah. It's like draft Guinness in Ireland. Well. It was also clear too. Jameson is as well. Oh, absolutely. I agree. So what you can get available to you. I mean, your standard Jameson, yes, is right. there. But the, what's available to you in Ireland from yeah. the Jameson factory is completely different. Completely oh, different. Yeah, they have multiple so versions. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, they save the good stuff. In a yes, they do not yeah. ship it here. <laughs> and is it just because of the preservatives, or what? What is this? It's just. It's just like anything. They, they just they do so many batches of it. Now I'm sure they probably I don't have any idea from a exporting standpoint, right. as customs and all that kind of stuff that goes into it. But there's just way more to choose. Right. I mean, here in the states you get maybe three, five. I think that we regularly would see. I mean, that one bar we were in Dublin had like twenty. Oh, Thirty different James we, bottles. Yeah, we great. tasted at least eight different bags. Yeah. So at least it's something that so that was eight even, shots in just that one setting. <laughs> even if you're not a huge fan of whiskey, it was at least six. You should try, try it, nice. especially stuff that's not available. In the did I, did I mention we had big smiles <laughs> and a warm heart? 
All right, we're, we're getting close to the end of our time. We didn't really get a chance to, to get up north and through Belfast into the Giants Causeway and the uh, the Carrick Reed Rope Bridge, but we, we can get to those. I know Jim's traveled up there. If you want to touch on them briefly, yeah, can, we can, can, can hit it. A quick, what I'm, the, the Giants Causeway is beautiful. It's these rock formations that are really just geometrically unique, and I we were just there. I, all I remember was being wet because it was just a lot of lot of mist and a lot of spray from the ocean, but it was gorgeous and tons of people were walking around in these beautiful geometric shapes. Just a beautiful place to hit. The biggest thing up north that we wanted to find was, and this is may apply to anybody who might travel to Ireland, since the, the relationship America has is we were looking for my wife's Ancestors Castle, which was McDonald, Castle McDonald up in the nice. north. So we went up there and there was a special affinity because that castle had some of her ancestors walking in. Wow. So McDonald, uh, that seems Scottish. Yeah. Uh, and of course, North is right there. You can see right. the, the, yeah, the, the, the Irish trend. or Scottish coast. Yeah, the relationship between the uh, the Irish and the Scottish and you know, all the Celtic culture is pretty pretty close. So that's a beautiful castle, by the way, if you want to see a really extraordinary castle. It, has, it sits on the ocean, and it is beautiful. There's a causeway that goes over to the castle. But, uh, yeah, that whole area up north, and it's very interesting, too, just an aside, that the north and the south are two different places. They are. And, you know, there's there's definitely, you know, a cultural and a social difference between the two. So just be cognizant of that mm-hmm. and be yes. people – they do pay attention to it. It's not so, sure. especially when you've had a few in you. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be. You know, they'll. They're very friendly, but you know, you could say the wrong thing and not intend it. But it's usually everybody's cool, and they because they know you're American. So right. But that's a big travel tip. No matter where you are, it, it is. It's true. Be aware culturally of sensitive. Your, yeah, culturally there's differences, sensitive. even though it's not a very long distance. Right. And even uh, I know when when my wife. Went to the Causeway. They did it out of Dublin, so they were in Ireland, but still went through Belfast and then went out up to to, right. to the Giants Causeway. So you got to pay attention to the little things. Yeah, no, it's absolutely uh, critical because we started singing. Because <laughs> me and my buddies, we like to sing, and we started singing certain songs down in the South. And they say, "No, no, no." We don't say this here. That's not a good song. <laughs> You're not making friends now. <laughs> and they, of course, they were very polite about it because they're the best Irish people. I'll tell you, Ireland's special. Go because it's one of the best places on earth. And the Irish people. I agree. Well, so I went to Northern Ireland on a missions trip to help the youth in a little village area called Ross Trevor. And in this Ross Trevor area, there's a little village called Fairy Glen, overlooks a walk. It's mm-hmm. just absolutely beautiful. And so we don't have time to go into this, but it was a great experience. And as Jim was mentioning, be aware of the cultural differences in Ireland. There's a distinct difference between Protestant and Catholic. There. Oh, there is. I have a friend who, uh, with our non-profit we were going through training together and he was from england and uh he, he shared a story that they hadn't really shared with a lot of people before he was in the english military and his little battalion which was only six or seven guys was in northern ireland marching the streets and uh, this was when still the ira and all was going and they had set up a little wire thing across the road and and the guy sat there and watched them and blew it up and two of his, his mates were killed. He lost his hearing, and it's just crazy. So, I mean, there there are tensions there that go way back for, for religious and different reasons. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you got to be mindful. It's not that anybody's got to worry about getting blown up now. <laughs> no. We're not trying to put a downer on this. No, but no, uh, but no. there are issues there that have been there for things could change pretty drastically depending on what happens with Brexit. Well, <laughs> That, that could absolutely keep an eye on it. Cool. Absolutely. All right, guys, we got to wrap up. That is day trips in Ireland. Hopefully, you got some really good information there. Please, as all these guys have said, and Jim said eloquently right there, Jim Wassel said right there at the end, go to Ireland. 
great people, great place. It's a place you need to go to and and then check out. So anyhow, we are Friends of Carry On. You can find us at friendsofcarryon.com. If you go to our website, please subscribe to us. You can get these podcasts weekly as they come out, get bonus information, and our blogs as they, they arrive and other travel tips, etc. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at friendsofcarryon.com. Hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for listening. Bye, everybody. Peace. Bye. Be sure to join the friends next week with another great podcast. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. You can also find the friends and other content on www.friendsthatcarryon.com or check us out on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching Friends That Carry On. Thanks again for joining us. And don't forget to carry on, friends.